Good morning. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. Forever. Not when things are going great. Not when there's no pandemics. Not when there's no elections coming up. The Lord's love endures forever. And this is reason to celebrate. Thank you for being here this morning. It's so good to be together to worship. Thank you, Josh, and the rest of the band for leading us and helping us to become more aware of the presence of the Lord. I love that thought that the presence of the Lord is only ever a thought away. There is nothing that separates us from the love of God. Um, And so for us to just continually realign ourselves and attune ourselves often about God's presence with us. So I'm just so grateful for your presence here and so grateful for the Holy Spirit's presence among us. For the past three weeks, we have been in a teaching series called Touching the Father's Heart. And it has just been a joy to hear from different people about ways that God, the God our Father, um, Jesus shows us in the scriptures about who he is and his character. We, uh, Tracy shared with us about the Father Cares two weeks ago, and Sharon shared with us about the Father Comforts. And I'm really looking forward to this uh, message this morning. Abigail Delp is going to be sharing on The Father Serves. So Abigail, if you want to come forward, I would like just to pray for you. Thank you so much for all you've invested so far and um, looking forward to this time. God, thank you so much that you are a good father. Thank you that you care and you comfort us, and we just thank you that you are a God who serves. God, we thank you for Abigail, and I thank you for what you have put on her heart, and I just pray your blessing over her this morning. I pray that you would anoint her for what you've already placed in her heart to be able to speak that uh, forth. And I pray for each of us who um, are hearing this, whether we're present in this room or we're listening from our homes, God, that you would open up our hearts to what it is that you want to speak to us today. We look forward in expectancy, God, to hearing from you. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Am I on? Oh, there we go. Okay. I was like, I don't think I'm on. Um, yeah, good morning. As Katrina said, we're in um, a series on what touches the Father's heart, the Father being God. And yeah, I have a word for you today. Um, I do believe that um, I felt very strongly the presence of God as I was putting this together. Um, I will say last time I preached was several years ago and I had no kids. It's a lot different planning a sermon when you have two little kids who just always wake up five minutes after you started on it. So 
Um, I hope this makes sense. Um, it did in my brain, so I hope you all understand what I'm trying to say as well. Um, yeah, so let's get started. We are going to be looking at service. Um, I will say I feel a little funny preaching a sermon on serving in front of this congregation because there are a lot of you who have decades more um, experience serving uh, both our church community, uh, the community we live in, um, family, and uh, I know a lot of you go on service projects. Um, yeah, so I really hope that this is something fresh for those of you who, um, yeah, just really have me beat by decades of life experience. So um, we are going to start in John chapter 5. Um, we are going to be looking at verses 1 through 20, and I'm going to read all of them. This is out of the Living Bible Translation, because I think it just really shows um, God's heart in this particular passage. So, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish religious holidays. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was Bethesda Pool, with five covered platforms or porches surrounding it. Crowds of sick folks, lame, blind, or with paralyzed limbs, laid on the platforms, waiting for a certain movement of water. For an angel of the Lord came from time to time and disturbed the water, and the first person to step down into it afterwards was healed. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew how long he had been ill, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, the sick man said, for I have no one to help me into the pool at the movement of the water. While I am trying to get there, someone else always gets in ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, roll up your sleeping mat, and go home. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up the mat and began walking. But it was on the Sabbath when this miracle was done, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. It's illegal to carry that sleeping mat. The man who healed me told me to, was his reply. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, and Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well. Don't sin as you did before, or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went to find the Jewish leaders and told them it was Jesus who had healed him. So they began harassing Jesus as a Sabbath breaker. But Jesus replied, my father constantly does good and I am following his example. Then the man went to find the Jewish, oh, sorry, didn't switch. Okay, well, I'll just summarize the last three verses. Um, or the last, yeah, three verses. Um, Jesus then goes on to say, I am following his example. Um, I'm in communication with the Father. That's really what the last three verses say. I'm in constant communication with the Father, and I'm doing what he tells me to do. Um, so, yeah. So I think it's pretty obvious that... Oops, sorry. Can we just turn that off, Larry? Okay, thanks. 
pretty obvious God wanted to serve this man who was sick. He wanted Jesus to do something for this man who was sick. Um, But before we get into the service part, I think it's important to address the Pharisees or the religious leaders of the day. Um, Jesus serves this man by healing him who had been sick for 38 years, and he does this without taking into account the religious law. Um, I have to believe Jesus knew that somebody was going to notice this man carrying a mat, though, on the Sabbath. Religious law was based off the Ten Commandments and the book of Leviticus, and in both of those, in the Ten Commandments and in Leviticus, we explicitly see, it explicitly says not to do any work on the Sabbath, which, I mean, I carried my kids around today. I wouldn't necessarily consider that work, but (laughs) back back then, carrying something was considered work, Um, And the religious leaders had reason to believe that this was serious um, and that God considered that breaking the law. If if you were to look at Numbers in chapter 15, it would show that there was a man gathering wood on the Sabbath, so carrying and picking up wood, and that was considered breaking the Sabbath. Um, So they, wanting to, you know, live by the letter of the law— would see this man carrying a mat and consider it breaking the Sabbath. Um, But as soon as that got their attention and they found out that um, he had been told he was allowed to carry the mat by the man who had healed him, they immediately focused their uh, righteous indignation, shall we say, on Jesus. And we don't really see them saying anything else to the man who was healed. Um, Instead of offering grace and celebrating this man who had been sick and obviously somewhat immobile if he wasn't able to get into um, the pool as fast as other people, for 38 years, meaning he wasn't, as far as we know, he wasn't just 38 years old. He had been sick for 38 years. Um... They were more concerned that Jesus had served this man and healed him on the wrong day of the week. Makes me wonder if Jesus had done this not on the Sabbath, if it would have brought as much attention. Would the religious leaders have known? Um, But Jesus, in answer, just simply states that he is always doing good because his Father is always doing good. He is in communication And then he goes on to say that he will do even greater things than healing this man on the Sabbath. As the chapter continues past verse 20, he gives example after example of how he would, how the son, him, would do even greater things than healing this man. Which, of course, makes the religious leaders very angry. But God's heart, even knowing what this would stir up in his people, I think knowing that it would stir up this conversation in his people, still wants to serve this man. And Jesus, as we are learning to live and love like Jesus here at East Pete, we can see this as an example of him setting framework for what service should look like for us as we go about our lives.
Jesus um, says in Matthew 5, verses 16 and 17, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, to let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works or doing good and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law of the prophet. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Jesus fulfills the law so we don't have to worry about what day of the week we are helping somebody or how we are helping somebody, how we are serving them. Um, This was so understood by the early church, they caught on to this, that Paul says it twice in Romans. If you go to Romans chapter 10 and chapter 7, um, he states it there twice that Jesus came to fulfill the law, that he is the fulfillment of the law, and we don't have to live by the law anymore. But as we are serving, if we only serve because it is what a good Christian would do, not out of a relationship with the Father, which is the second key part that Jesus said, not only is God always doing good and is not concerned about what day of the week he does it, he is in communication with the Father and is doing what the Father asks of him. If we are not, as we go to serve throughout the week, doing the same, it is just work. It is just good deeds. And that is not what Christ has called us to. He has called called us to serve out of love for those we are serving. Even more importantly, out of love for God. Um... It is very easy to start, for me personally at least, to start serving almost selfishly um, to show, oh look, I'm doing all this great good things and it's not because it's what I'm communicating with God, it's just because it's something good and why not do that? And then when you, if you are serving in that way, it gets very tiring and you feel worn down because it is work. And that is work on the Sabbath if it is not something that God has placed on your heart to do. Um, But he calls us to serve radically in these ways. As we are in communication with him, some of it will probably look a little radical to those around us. Um, It won't be governed by the religious rules of the day, not necessarily here, like with our church government, but by the church, church as a whole, okay? I'm talking about all Christians worldwide. Um, It won't be governed by political affiliation or our personal biases. It'll just be governed, our service, by how God sees the person he has called us to serve. And I think oftentimes we miss service opportunities because we are looking for the big thing. So often we are looking for that big service project, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think those are great, and I definitely think God calls us to do those things. But in our day-to-day life, Jesus just healed the man who was in front of him. That's what he did. He was at this pool. God said, heal this man, and he healed the man in front of him. So often we miss the fact that our service and most of the service we will do in our life is in communication with God and is literally right in front of us. 
And sometimes it honestly looks like just meeting the need that is right in front of us for our family, for our friends, for our church community, the need we're made aware of in our community as a whole, and it goes out from there. It will look different for all of us because we're all in different seasons of lives. A lot of my service is wiping butts, in all honesty, (laughs) throughout the day. I have two kids in diapers. A lot of the service I do is related to hygiene and food. That's just the season of life I am in. For some of you, you're in a different season of life, and it looks like taking weeks to build houses for people or do other service projects. It's providing meals at Zion Lutheran. That is one thing that our church community has faithfully done for years, as far as I'm aware. There are so many other ways that I'm sure I'm not even aware of that each of you individually serve not only your families, but people in the community and in our church community. But we must be careful and make sure that we are doing this out of our communication with the Father's heart and our relationship with Christ. I'm not saying it won't be work when we are doing that. Sometimes it is physical work or it takes more mentally out of us than we were anticipating. But if it's what God has called us to do, that is good and pure service. We should also, and this is more a reminder for me than anyone else, be careful not to say that to rank service, right? Whatever God has called you to do, whatever God has put you right in front of you is how we should serve. We all have a really, we all have very unique ways to serve right now in these times with both the pandemic and the election. Sometimes I would challenge you that service looks like not saying anything on social media. Sometimes it is better to serve by not adding to the noise. Sometimes service is respectfully engaging with somebody as well to respectfully provide a different opinion. Sometimes service and showing the Christ's love for those around us looks inconvenient. It requires a change to our daily routine. Sometimes it requires us to be more cautious around people than we would prefer or even think necessary. But in showing our willingness to be inconvenienced, to be more cautious, especially when we are out in the community around us, not in the church, where people know us and know our hearts, shows Christ's love in a way that we honestly didn't have the opportunity to do so before. And it is important, and one thing I remind myself, is that while these days, especially, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen election ads like my whole life at this point, it seems like, right? I have gone on longer than what we would like. 
and our rhythms have been disruptive and seem like they will be disruptive for longer, definitely, longer into the future than anybody would ever want. In the light of eternity, this really, the season really is just a blank. And a lot of service really is just a blank. I'm going to invite the worship team up at this point. As we go through this week, I would encourage you to press into what God has put on your heart as a way of service. And it could be nothing that I mentioned today, whatever it is in your communication with God. To seek him. And in doing so, may we all work to glorify our Father in heaven.